Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. My counterpart, coach, and friend Taylor Marshall and I dissect the first big update to INCCStats.com, answer the questions that can be answered, continue to ask those that can't, and take a quick glance around the four semi-state to see what's what. All right, no more time to waste. Cue the Taylor Marshall drop. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. This is an emergency podcast on the Indiana Runner Network. INCC Stats has updated the two Carmel cronies here, Colin Altavote and Taylor Marshall, to bring you all of the information from this exclusive drop. Well, not exclusive. I guess it's open to anybody. But uh, it happened really soon. Taylor, how you doing? Doing great. Ready to roll. Um, you know, I heard the challenge from Scott Litskin on the last uh, version of the podcast. He's coming for me. So this would be a good little back and forth uh, this fall. All right. Let's get into it. So INCC Stats has done its first two updates. It did week one and two at the same time. They said they'd all update on August 28th or August 29th. I believe it happened on the late, late, late August 28th. And then just one day after a few meets, uh, a Northern Indiana meet and the Hamilton County meet, we got another update. So we've gotten two updates over the span of three, three and a half, four weeks, essentially. We do know that the early season rankings tend to overrate the performances of top runners, which tends to be what we're going to talk about. And by extension, top teams. Top teams are made of top runners. Most of the top teams in the state have between five and seven on INCC stats, top 200 right now, which is as far down as the individuals go. There are sometimes readjustments later after more data has been gathered. I think that'll be the case here. I hope so, yeah. For, especially for the things that happened this week. The Hamilton County meet, and the Northern Indiana Conference meet, I believe is what it was. I think we could see that, and we'll get into it in a second. I think we could see that readjust. So, for instance, the boys at the Hamilton County meet was minus 22. I think maybe after the results this weekend, maybe that snaps back a little bit closer to more like minus 17 or minus 18. Maybe the same thing with the girls, um, which was minus 36, I believe. Some years, the 4K races, once we have enough 5K races for teams are pulled out, Some of the data we have uh, involves 4,000 meter races where INCC stats, I believe, just converts that to a 5,000 meter race. They don't extrapolate it, they convert it. So a 1336 4K, which would be a 17 minute 5K if it's extrapolated, doesn't count for 17 minutes, it counts for 1720, let's say. Um, Sometimes those are pulled out, sometimes they're not. I believe last year they were. And we know that a big update is coming later in which we'll see much deeper individual rankings, much deeper team rankings. And then on top of that, they'll run the 20,000 simulations of the tournament. So at that point, we'll be able to say some of the things that we said on the, um, on the preseason, such as this team has a blank percentage chance to win the state meet, to finish on the podium, to make the state meet. So that may be a second emergency podcast later on. So we're going to know a lot more by the end of this weekend, even. And certainly we feel like after this September 11th weekend, next Saturday, after 
uh, Brown County and, and some of the other meets that, that go on. It's like Ernest Hemingway wrote this in The Sun Also Rises. It's a fine philosophy, but in five years, it'll seem just as silly as all the other fine philosophies I've had. When we listen to this podcast three weeks from now, not sure why we would, but this, this may seem silly, but we are living in the now, Taylor. What do we know now? Oh, gosh. What do we know now? Well, uh, we do know that we've got some data. Um, INCC stats is great. Obviously, the more data you get, the better it is. Um, I agree that I'm really looking forward to not just this weekend, but I think, like you said, by the 11th, um, we've got enough big invites. Um, you've got teams that are running all their guys and girls at that point. Let's say we hit September 11th weekend and you uh, haven't run yet, then there's probably an issue. Um, and then we could start to adjust some of the rankings and think about who's where. Uh, but at that point, you're going to have enough data, a couple 5Ks in, and uh, we'll have a clear picture of what we see. So I think we've got kind of like that as an opaque look, right, where you can kind of uh, see, but not clearly, right? I don't know. Is your, is your shower glass opaque? Mine's clear. I don't know. Oh, uh, I can you see. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm real budget friendly. I got, I just got a curtain. Uh, that's yep. yeah. My mine's just a clear glass. Just see all the way through, man. Well, Hey man, uh, this is, that's that, classy. Man. And that's why we brought you into Carmel. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I'm really classing it up around there. That's right. Let's go through rapid fire first, and then we'll go back through and talk about these. I've got four big questions answered. One word answers from each of us. You ready? Let's do it. How serious of a podium contender are the Noblesville girls? Question answered. My answer, very. Your answer? Yes. Serious? Yes. 100%. There's, there's one word answer. That's two. I don't know. That's, you're, you're limiting me. I'm a talker. I'm sorry. How serious of a title contender are the HSE boys? My answer, very. Your answer? Very. How deep is the field of boys teams? My answer, very. Your answer? Historic. Your answer's better. How good is Lily Cridge? My answer, very. Your answer? <laughs> well, can I use historic again? No. You can't okay, use the same then, word four times in a row. Come on. Uh, elite. I don't know. Elite of the elite. Nationally elite. The hyphenated yeah. counts as one. Yeah. Let's talk about our first, our first question. And these are questions that we've gone over, but they, they, they bear repeating. And I, this first one, especially, I'm not sure that we've gone over it a lot so much as you and I, or, or Josh and I, or even, even Scott and I have um, speculated over once we got this initial drop from INCC stats, how would that look for this team from Noblesville? Noblesville right now is ranked second in Indiana and they have a yeah. team rating of 152. Yeah. They have six in the top 200, but none in the top 25. But one of them, one of their girls, I think, is 26. Their freshman yeah. girl. Uh, Brinkley Cooper, is that her name? Yes, that's her name. She's yep. very talented, yep. Very, very good distance runner, and that's, that helps in cross country. Typically. Noblesville's rating, their team rating right now is 152. They've had two meets. They've had two distance meets they had i think they had one hokum in there but obviously that doesn't factor in uh at the zionsville 4k noblesville's team rating was 125 to put that into perspective carmel the number one team was 104 at the hamilton county meet 
their team rating was 144 with an adjusted rating of 142. And Carmel's team rating was 119. Adjusted rating means one of Noblesville's projected top five athletes didn't run. So they put her in at her average. And when they do that, it changes the rating from 144 to 142. Um, I don't make much out of the 4K to 5K that their rating was worse because their rating was, the rating got worse at the same proportion that ours did. Ours being Carmel, you and I teach at Carmel. Right. A uh, couple more things. Last year for the season, the Columbus North girls ended the season ranked third and they finished third at the state meet. So remember this, Noblesville's team rating right now, 152. Their two ratings from the meets are 125 and 144. Why is it lower? It's lower because the preseason ratings are still factoring in. Right. When we got Pretty to that early on, right? Yeah. At this point, there's still uh, a decent amount. So I think you mentioned, and, and I, maybe I mentioned as well, that there's, there's the other, there's the big drop. And the big drop is coming probably potentially after this weekend, but maybe more after that kind of Brown County weekend. What yeah. other meets are that weekend? Uh, that's a great question. The Ben Davis invite is on that weekend. That comes to mind. So in a previous life, we would send a team to the Ben Davis invite. Uh, New Prairie's well. not that weekend. I don't think so. I think all of the major semi-state invites are separate weekends. Yes, except Shelbyville. Shelbyville's got the Golden Bear. That may be that weekend as well. Yeah, we're showing how provincial we are. We're, yeah. we're interested in the whole state, but we know what team, what meet our team is going to that weekend. So yeah. we, we call that the Brown County weekend. So to put this into perspective, Noblesville 152 right now, but their two ratings, 125 and 144. Last year, Columbus North girls team rating 173, state meet rating 191, and they were far and away the third best team. So it seems historically that 152 is going to safely land a team on the podium. Yeah. But unlikely yeah. historically on the girls' side to contend for the title. Well, and as strong of a season as Noblesville is primed for and has started off here, I think when you're when you're talking team title, well, first of all, the, the, let's talk about podium first. Yes, they're they're so serious because of how many girls they have in that top 200 list. But you you would need or or really want one uh, all state caliber. I'm going to score 10 points or fewer if you're serious about the team chances. Now, somebody could correct me and say, well, this team won and they didn't have it. Yeah, that it can happen. Sure. But if, if you want a, a legitimate a chance and feel really good about uh, going into October 30th and walking away with a team championship, you're going to want at least one athlete who will be in the top, you know, 10 and by top 10, I mean, points wise uh, in the meet because you just really need that low stick to compete with some of these other really good teams. And on the girls' side, it, it historically tends to be that the girls' team scores are lower. Mm -hmm. There's a wider variance between the, the best girls' team and the 10th best girls' team than there is between the best boys' team and the 10th best boys' team, or, or even first to fifth. And I think last year was a good example of that. Two girls' teams scored under 80 points. Yeah. Um, and then that 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 filtered down to at, at the state meet last year the fourth place team had a rating of 258 
and Noblesville being at 152 and nothing lower than 144 right now, that's a pretty comfortable cushion. Now, I don't know that the top two teams necessarily, although I, I have a feeling that that's, this may be the case, that they will run away with it the way that the top two teams did last year, where one team scored in the 50s and one team scored in the 70s. Right. But And actually, the fifth-place team at the state meet was 247, meaning right. that INCC Stats calculates this, and it says on their website that it is – a large meet with varied competition, essentially like the state meet, but your, your team rating score tends to be a little higher than your state meet score. So I looked this up for the team that I coach. The last two years, we scored 112 points at the state meet, both yeah. years. Uh, they don't give you a prize for the exact same score two years in a row. But. You know what? Let's talk to Paul. Let's yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll text him when this is over. I'll, maybe I'll text Jimmy or Jeff and just let them know to talk to him. Um, and our rating at the state meet both of those years was like between 115 and 130, something like that, or 125 to 140. So just a little bit higher. Um, so Noblesville at 152 as a team rating, if they run that at the state meet, they're looking at more like 180. 180 is, is pretty comfortably on the podium. Right. I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I guess if I could go back to the word comfortable, right, instead of uh, I think I agree with you, you said very – but the, yeah, they look really strong right now. Um, they've got a great pack. That's just right off that again, top 25 caliber. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to kind of see how um, that pack runs over the course of the season and uh, what, what happens. And I, I think what Noblesville might run into, and we'll talk about this team here uh, later on uh, is a team that's currently ranked behind them on INCC stats. Uh, but I, we feel pretty confident, given what we know about them, that uh, they've got a lot more than what we have seen. They've got some cards they haven't shown us, keeping it close to the chest, right? I'm not, a, uh, you know, if you're out there playing poker, you're not sharing what they got. They're, we're going to see their, see their hand, I think, on Saturday, potentially. Yeah, I think we're getting into uh, the sun also rises philosophy here of like, we're going to know a lot more pretty soon. And it's probably going to change what we do know now, but it's not a good media strategy to say, wait and see, we got to talk about it. Now we want to live in the moment, Taylor. Uh, next question. How serious of a title contender are the Hamilton Southeastern boys? I said, very, you said very uh, essentially. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Current team rating is 111. Uh, they've only had one meet and their team rating was 94 with an adjusted rating of 89. One of their athletes wasn't in the results. If right. you put him in at his average, that brings them down from 94 to 100. And, not, I, I'm automatically putting in 100 before it yeah, and because it's so rare to have one under 100. And we're going to get into that from 94 to 89. But let's just focus on the 94, what we know is real, what we know exists because they've only had one 5K so far. Yep. Their rating of 94... If we go back or go deeper into the season, into the state meet, 94 would tie them for the fifth best state meet ever. Wow. The Columbus North boys last year had a rating of 76, which is actually the fourth best state meet ever. So there's actually kind of a wide, just a gap right there. And then there's a bunch of, I looked this up today, obviously, preparing for this. There's a bunch of 94, 95, 96, kind of upper 90s, 100, 101, 102. Now, right. Shane Moore, who coaches with us at, at, he's a boys assistant coach at 
at Carmel, we were talking about this before practice, and he came up with a pretty good parallel. He said, oh, it's kind of like grades. If you've got a 91.8% in a class and you want a 92.5 to go from an A minus to an A, it's pretty hard. It's a lot easier to drop back down, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so the best runners come in in shape, but the INCC stats average is based off average runners. And the yeah. average runners don't come into shape as good as the boys at Hamilton Southeastern or the girls at Noblesville or the girls at Carmel or the boys at Fishers or, you know, the usual suspects. Right, right. So it's, it's harder to maintain that, which is why we've talked about the, the first two weeks, you can eventually just throw those ratings out. And if they're 5K, they keep them. But when you look at the ratings from the top teams that ran in that first weekend last year at the early, early meet, they didn't get much closer to that the rest of the year, including the state meet. But obviously, those, those are well-coached teams that finished in the top five of the state meet. They were better later on. They just weren't better than the average team. But the average team doesn't necessarily matter in the context of – Right, the average team can improve at a steeper rate. Right, you know, because you're on the podium. Yeah. yeah. So, but here's some, some more some, – some closer comparisons. If we ignore week one from last year for the reasons that we just talked about, the best rating outside of Columbus North's historic state meet, to borrow your term, was Hamilton Southeastern in week right. four, and that was a rating of 101. Last so, year. Last year, so pretty close to what they ran at the county meet. Yeah. 94 to 1. Nine, 94 is pretty significantly better than 101, actually. Um, that's if we throw out Columbus North state meet, which was the number four all-time state meet. I went through various years or, or recent years in 2019, a pretty middle of the road year, two good teams that separated themselves pretty early mm -hmm. um, and, and were the obvious top two. And I think, I think the team that won that Concordia team was a, this is going to sound denigrating. I don't mean it that way. It was an average state champion. It was an average to a slightly above average state championship team. The best rating that year in 2019, two years ago, the last COVID-free year, was Concordia at Flash Rock, and their rating was 119. Yeah. 2018, the best rating was Fishers. Fishers eventually finished third at the state meet. They lost one of their guys. In a meet in Illinois, the best rating was 125. That was – we Carmel boys won that year. That was probably a in, – in modern history since – 2005 that was probably a slightly below average state meet state champion 125 in 2017 there were two ratings under 100 both carmel 77 at the county and 88 at trinity and another adjusted rating under 100 which was 77 at the sectional but various top athletes sat at that meet right the carmel team in 2017 uh finished 10th in the country at nike nationals yeah 2016 carol boys had a team rating of 70 at flash rock you remember that year uh we are in uh 2016 water right yes like they yeah. swam their way to that right the the start the first 100 meters was i mean like up to your shin yeah. that was yeah. the, the the splash rock year yeah. yeah yeah i love that i my theory on that is that extreme conditions can produce extreme ratings for good runners good teams and, and yes. the best runners and consequently the best teams 
are less affected by that. And when they had five or six studs, they, they, they tore it up that day. Everybody tore it up literally, right. but they metaphorically, I mean, that was one of the all time great regular season performances. Yeah. Well, no we other- talked about this in another light as well, which we can get to here in a bit if you want, but about one individual runners uh, adjusted rating after the week one or whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 No, we'll get into that. Um, no other team came close to approaching a hundred, including the Carroll boys of the state meet who had a great state meet that year. Mm-hmm. 2015, the best rating was Carmel at Trinity. And that was 129. 2014, the best rating was Carmel at the County meet. And that was a team that made Nike nationals. So there's basically considering that if we had had a Nike series last year, Columbus North would have made it and probably would have finished in the top 10. Yeah. So in the last seven years, there have only been four teams, and that's considering not schools, four teams that had a rating under 100, and only one team did it twice in the same year. Yeah. So that historically, that puts that rating of 94 into perspective. And potentially in two weeks, we throw this out because maybe it adjusts to 101, which is uh, significant. Yeah, right. yeah, it's margin of error, right? Whatever, you're, you're right there. But I, I think it speaks to what you know. We'll get into in a minute, and that is the the depth of boys' teams, right? I mean, they are just so good. And we talked about this last time we were together. Um, you know, we harped on how the individual girls are incredible. Boys' teams are are just so strong. Uh, I think I saw somebody on Indiana Runner earlier this week who posted that you know, that person believed four. Hamilton County boys teams could potentially be on the podium. And then the, the odds are against that. The odds are against that. But the reply was who of these teams are out then, right? Who, who are you going to go? And, you know, yeah, that's, that's the point, right? Is that uh, they were going to be who, whatever on October 30th, however it shakes out sixth place team, seventh place team, incredibly talented would be a podium team almost any other year. Um, it is just how it shakes out on Laverne. And that's, that's the thing that's so exciting about that course, because there are surprises every year out there, you know, for, for the better and for the worse for teams, you walk in the door and you think one team's going to do this. They either totally exceed your expectations or they lay an egg and, and you don't know why. I mean, it is, it's a beast, man. It's nuts. So, and I, you know, we both pull for one, team in particular with the boys and the girls because we coach there and teach there but uh i'll i'll lay on i'll rely on you a little more on this do you do you fancy hamilton southeastern the team to beat right now on the boys today i think what we saw at at county hamilton county the answer is yes um but i i think center grove is really close i think i had said last time on here center grove would be the team to beat if we were to go to Terre Haute that day and, and race um, I would love, I think we will see those, will those two teams both be at Flash Rock? They, they both usually go, but, you know. So we, we may see a head-to-head for the first time if, any, if they're both there and if they run, you know, all right. the Right, any given year, and especially this year, we, we may not have. Yeah, who, who knows, right? But I think, 
Yeah, and some of it's it's the here and now, right? I mean, two weeks ago, we, we got to see, or three at this point, the early, 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 I don't know how many early you were using on it, uh, Laverne Mead the first weekend, and Center Grove just crushed it on the boys' side. They looked phenomenal. We saw a, a very similar effort out of HSC the other night to beat uh, really legitimate Fishers and Carmel teams. Um, uh, yes, in short, they are probably the team to beat if we race today but I, I would give Center Grove a very close second. I think that, that lends itself well to our next question, which was how deep is the boys' field? I said very. You, uh, you outdid me here. Historic. You must have been looking through your thesaurus. You said historic. You don't keep a pocket thesaurus? <laughs> That's exactly what I need. Thesaurus? So uh, at the Hamilton County meet, four teams had a rating. And again, this could adjust, but it's not going to adjust to a crazy amount, right? You're not going to go from 150 to 300. Right, right. Four teams had a rating of 150 or better. Yeah. That was the HSC team at 94, Carmel and Fishers. Fishers beat Carmel by one, but both had the same rating of 132. And... Uh, Noblesville, rather, not Hamilton Southeastern. Noblesville had 150 exactly. Yeah. Last year, only six total schools had ratings of 150 or better, some more than once, some every time, or almost every time. Yeah. And it was the same four schools plus Columbus North and Burbuff, who finished first and third at the state meet. Yeah, uh, that's incredible. Um, I'm as you're talking about it, I'm trying to think about reasons why we're seeing that beyond just what we think as a historic boys side. Um, you, you know, it will be interesting as, as we get into, you know, let's say mid to late September, where again, we've got even more data uh, running 5Ks consistently. Do those numbers hold up when they go back and readjust? Yes, you're right. They're not going to be a huge swing, right? But I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of, it's interesting, right? I mean, the, and I think it also speaks to something we've discussed before, and that is just how the state of Indiana is getting better and better. Um, and obviously we're, we're here, we're biased, right? We, we get it. But, um, you know, whether you're talking about national caliber, boys and girls or, or these teams that, I mean, think about, you know, you mentioned some of these teams that have been to, to Nike and placed in the top 10. I mean, my God, could we get, could we get two teams to Nike this year? Is that, is that an insane thing to think that Indiana could send uh, two out of that, you know, NXR? I mean, so regional? we don't know much yet. And, and totally runners does national statistical analytics. Mm -hmm. of uh cross country it's similar to incc stats but they do a speed rating which is different than the stats rate the stats rating adjusts as the season goes on where the speed rating just does it by course and, and gets better yeah so totally runners when you look at their national ratings would say it's possible that four teams from indiana could make it to nike nationals now i i think and scott had said this and i i think this is true that like that's probably a bit overstated and Indiana had such a good track season compared to some of the neighboring states right. that we're probably going to find at least one highly competitive team out of Illinois 
Illinois has, you yeah. know, it's if we're if we're looking at Indy, Indy metro area versus Chicago metro area, and your top teams for the most part are probably going to come from that area, right? The Chicago yeah. metro area is like four to five times as large as Indy, so the odds of a really, really good Illinois team, the number of schools over 3,000 kids is way bigger in Illinois. Right, but right. Uh, once, once Illinois starts having meets and we start having meets and they, they've got the, um, we get into September and even to October, I think we'll have a, a better idea of that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I want to think about it. I mean, there's definitely multiple teams, like you said, in the mix, right? I mean, it, it's not uh, absurd to think that it could happen. I agree it, it may not, but it's not wild. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just typically Nike does uh, at-large bids, four at-large bids, but you have to finish in the top four in mm-hmm. your region. So I'm just thinking, is it possible that two teams from the Midwest go? I, I don't remember that ever happening. The Concordia team was pretty close a few years ago, and they were fourth, and they ultimately didn't get in. Um but is it possible that Indiana goes one through four at that Nike Midwest and then they pull both of those teams in? I think the odds are, are yeah. pretty heavily stacked against that. But I think it would be a good yes. idea. Just, it, well, especially depends on what place my team finishes. If my team finishes fourth, I think it's the greatest idea ever. Yeah. So am I. Park, text we'll him park right this now. spot in the podcast here and let's see what we can do. Uh, last question then I said, how good is Lily Cridge? I, I asked how good is Lily Cridge? I said, very, you said elite. Oh yeah. I don't know. Something like above very, as I was trying to go for, for more the elite of the elite. So she's currently rated right now at 1657 for the season. She's had one race and the 1657 rating season long rating is actually being hurt by her performances last year which seems insane right? based on how good she was last year when she ran. Yeah. Her only adjusted performance this year, she ran 1727, I believe, and it adjusts to 1644. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I had said this to you before, and we can see what you think about this in the podcast. Uh, First of all, I mean, it's incredible, right? I mean, there's, there's nothing more you can say about how great it is. But when we talk about uh, teams, good teams uh, being prepared early on, and therefore they don't show the same improvement because there's less room to improve than an average team or average runner. When you have a national caliber runner, racer, athlete, Lily Cridge, there she is. I think those athletes are less affected by conditions than the average athlete, right? And not just because yeah. she's spending less time on the course in heat and humidity, because we could go back and maybe you remember the exact temperature and humidity of that day, but we know it was hot and humid when she was at Burbuff that day to race, which is a really great course. Um, but because of just how talented she is and how hardworking and just how, how, how good, I think she's less affected by that than the, the sort of average runner that may be on her team or another team um, who, who has to deal with those very same conditions. So I think what we're seeing when her rating is brought in and compared to an average performance, she's a total outlier. And that's why I think this 
adjusted performance is a little inaccurate. It's not to take a shot at, at Lily Cribbs or anything. She's phenomenal. Um, but I think that it's really tough. I think what INCC stats does is great, but it's really tough for those outliers because the adjustment um, is made again for an average kind of kid and she's anything but average. Yeah, I think, I think that's spot on that. We may not see another, we may not see another performance this year from her that gets to that 1644. And actually as the season goes on, sometimes they, they often make adjustments and I always think, Oh, those week one, week one, a or week one B ratings will come back down to earth. And it's usually the opposite. So we may, we may be two weeks from now and that's looking at 1640 or something like that, that it, it tends to get even, even more steeply adjusted uh, after like later in the season, after those first few weeks. But if we want to put this into perspective, her current 1657, which is a combination of that 1644 adjusted performance, and then whatever she had last year when she was easily the number one runner in the state but didn't participate in the tournament. Yeah. 1657 right now. That would rank, and we're not there at the big drop. The big drop is coming um, this weekend or probably the weekend after that. That will rank her number one all time. And I, um, and I fully anticipate that will happen by the end of the year that she will be the number one ranked girl in INC stats in the history of the state of Indiana. And the, the current number one rating is Anna Rohr. Have you heard of her? Um, sounds familiar. Yeah. So she went to Mishawaka high school. She won okay. footlocker nationals twice, twice. Wow. Yeah. So she was the national champion as a sophomore. She missed her junior year due to, to an injury and yeah. she was the national champion as a senior. So she's not a bad runner, you're saying? She's not. No, she's not a bad runner, right? We can confirm okay. that, that she is currently is a good runner, and she also was a good runner in high school. And a pretty but, good coach from one of her. I have also heard that. She's doing some, some coaching there on the side. So Her number one all-time season-long rating is 1723. Yeah. So Lily Cridge is 26 seconds ahead of that. And I agree. That will come back down to earth, I suppose. Yeah. considering that Anna Rohr, I guess, is on earth. Although, I, I, you know, it'll, it'll come back down to a lower level of the stratosphere, but there we're we looking at an all-time historic season for, for Lily Cridge. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's so incredibly deep at the top. The, the girls' individuals are like the boys' teams. Yeah. Where the, the second, third, fourth, fifth-place girls are in any normal year would, would probably be – the top, right? I mean, the girl that won last year is is another 30 or 40 seconds ranked behind Lily Cridge. And we, unfortunately for Karina James, haven't talked much about her. And that's not a, a – I mean, think about that, like, right? We right. Don't even, haven't even mentioned the defending state. I hope that's a big motivator for her. I don't know if she's motivated by that or not, but we shouldn't totally discount Karina James from defending her title. Well, and hers – her strategy has been over last season and over, over the track season as well, which is she'll run the local meet. She'll do what the team is doing, but she doesn't tend to see a lot of competition, right. but when she does, and we know this from various state meets that she, she, she raises her level of performance. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think, I think that'll be, that'll be very, very interesting for all of us to see when one, she does see competition, but for, for that, for, for Corinna James, it, it may not be until the state meet. Okay, we've got a couple unanswered questions, then we'll do a semi-state roundup. Let's take a quick break. 
Gear up for cross country at Three Rivers Running Company. Whether you're just getting into the sport or you're a veteran on your way to another championship, we have everything you need to make this your best season yet. Come visit us today at 4039 North Clinton in Fort Wayne. Indiana Runner thanks Three Rivers Running Company for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, we're back. We got a couple, two and a half, I suppose, unanswered questions. Question number one, are the Burbuff boys an all-time great team? Unanswered so far. Here's why. INCC Stats ranks the teams based on their top five. We know that in the course of a season, things can happen to anybody, to any human being. And we're talking about adolescent athletes, high school students. Yeah. That probably magnifies that. For sure. In the preseason, the Burbuff boys had a team rating of 79. We kind of talked about what the team ratings represent. Right. 79 would rank in a tie for the number two team ever in the history of Indiana. Now, we can obviously argue or discuss how easy is it to compare 1981 Carmel to 2021 Burbuff? 40 years apart. We're obviously the INCC stats wasn't around in 1981 because there wasn't an internet. So it can be tough to compare, but that's where Burbuff boys projected in a tie for the number two team ever. Yeah. I believe with the Columbus North team in the 09, 2010, 2011 range. Their current rating is 95 that would be fifth all time in the preseason they had three in the top 15 and five in the top 40 in what what you said was historic an historic year already preseason wise and has only gotten better and more deeper from what we understand now yep they're going to go to marion this weekend the marion invite they're going to go to brown county next weekend at the Brown County meet, the top three teams from last year's state meet, all title contender or fringe title contenders. Yep. And then two weeks from now, they'll be at Flash Rock. Four of the top five teams in the rankings will be there, maybe even deeper, maybe more like six of the top seven. But yeah. who knows, schedule-wise, SAT-wise, conference meets, who's running, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. I, I don't... I don't foresee them running a full lineup this weekend at Marion. Just a guess, we'll call it. Sure. At Brown County, top three teams last year from the state meet, three of the top five, three title contenders. Maybe they'll run a full lineup there. Flash Rock, they've got another, another full weekend. Yeah, yeah. So how do you fancy the Burbuff boys right now? I think on paper – they're absolutely they're absolutely in that all-time great discussion right um like you said three in the top 15 five in the top 40 um we haven't seen some of those guys race yet but it's also september 2nd as we sit here and talk so that's not uh totally outside the norm right that maybe they've raced uh once or not at all or in a hokum or something like that um i would like to see 
a team that might be considered an all-time great put it together out of Brown County, out of Flash Rock, to get an idea of where they stack up against some other all-time greats and who's who's running and how they're running and, and all of those things. So um, like you said, it's unanswered. I think we won't have an answer for a couple of weeks. We might leave this on the on the sheet um, unless something changes between now and, and Saturday afternoon. But I think that uh, they we'd, I would still put them in that conversation. They're just, um, you know, we just don't know yet. Next one, and I can take the lead on this a little bit more, and maybe we'll flip. So kind of question 2A, how serious of a contender are the Columbus North girls? We felt like earlier in the preseason, uh, for, based on what we knew that uh, wasn't reflected yet in the statistics, that they were a pretty serious contender. I think they had something like a 7 or 8% chance to win the state meet. That was obviously way too low based on the things that we know. Their rating is 170 in the preseason. It hasn't budged. They haven't run a, uh, they didn't run a 4K or a 5K yet, but we know they have a lot of incoming talent, um, move-ins and freshmen. Uh, they haven't started their season yet, but their own invitational is this weekend. I'd imagine that they will have plan for a good showing there. And then uh, the Brown County is a potential one versus two showdown, at least how those teams will be ranked in Indiana runner uh, rankings, you know, how they are ranked now. I suppose that could change because it's Noblesville girls are going to Columbus North invite. So if we consider Columbus North number two and Noblesville number three, that we're seeing potential two versus three showdown and then one versus two showdown the, the next weekend. Yeah, I think after Brown County will be a good uh, indicator of who's at the top of the podium and how they shake out. Um, I agree. I think that we'll see uh, see Columbus North's best. That's uh, going to be a pretty good weekend. I think you said it might rain, uh, but Columbus, that's a couple, uh, what, area codes away, right? Anything could happen down there. That's a ways uh, from where we're sitting right now. It's Southern Indiana, boy. Who knows? It could be sunny and 70. Uh, or more more likely sunny in the in low 60s in the morning. Uh, and on what is, I think it's a pretty fast course is what I've gathered over the past couple of years. The Columbus North course moves quick. Yes, that's a that's a that's a diplomatic way of putting it. Yeah. It so last course. Why not get out there and see what we have right It's September? And uh, like you said, maybe, you know, and, and maybe they aren't worried about who's at brown county or what happens there or beyond i mean you know yeah nobody wants to look back at the end of the season to at the midpoint and be like yeah we were we were killing it what happened um but you know you probably want to start to get a couple 5ks under your belt kind of see where see where you are especially as a young kid right i mean this you know we're not talking about collegiate athletes here right we're talking about freshmen who are factoring in and all the uh excitement that comes with uh racing at the big leagues so to speak, for the first time? Yeah, I mean, that all that all seems right to me. And we've got a lot to look forward to. I mean, this is the emergency podcast for INCC Stats, but we've got a lot to look forward to this weekend with the various meets at, at Columbus North, at uh, Brownsburg, State Preview, Harrison, and then next week with Brown County, Ben Davis, and some of the other meets that we're going to know a lot more than we do uh, than we do right now. 
Uh, and then it, that was question 2A. Question 2B, how serious of a contender are the Columbus North boys? Uh, it, at one point, certainly looked to be the biggest challenger to Burbuff. Um, this is, I think, I love INCC stats. INCC stats is the best thing to happen to Indiana distance running. And I got to tell you, as somebody that's done rankings and uh, content and everything since like about my junior year of high school for Indiana Runner, INCC stats makes my job so much easier to digest the information, spits it all out statistically. But I, I think that the Columbus North boys are maybe a casualty of that. They, they have an adjusted rating of 178 from the Brownsburg 4K. And that comes from, they had a split squad. So some of their athletes went to the Zionsville Invite at Northview Church, home of the Flash Rock Invitational, former home of the Carmel Semi-State. And the rest of them went to Brownsburg. So one of their athletes ran at Zionsville made, if you take his rating or season-long rating and throw him in, it's 178. But, so their rating has gone down and they've gone from number two to number five on INCC stats. But Fisher's rating at that same meet with all of their guys at that Brownsburg 4K was 214. Another 10 days later, Brownsburg's rating is 132. So if Columbus North was better than Brownsburg on that, or better than Fisher's rather on that day at the Brownsburg meet, it seems logical to think that they probably could have been that good or better than right. Fisher's was at the county meet when Fisher's Carmel had the same team rating. Yeah, I, I think to answer the question, I think they they are a serious contender until proven otherwise, right? I mean, we know we know who they have. We know how strong they were running last year. We know that uh, at least we think we know that they're all healthy and ready to go. So. Uh, is, you know, yes, it's, to, it's, it is unanswered, but I, I think I could answer it right now and just take a stab and say, yeah, I think they're serious, right. Until they, they do something that shows us that, uh, maybe not, but I'm, I'm still on the, uh, you know, belief that they're a podium caliber team. Fourth, 22nd and 26th at last year's state meet those boys, those three boys still got to call this North. Yeah. And that you in itself, have, there's your answer, right? To the question, are you a serious contender? Yes, you've got legit dudes coming back. You got three that can finish in the top 25. This sounds like something we talked about maybe at our practice the other day. Maybe. You got three boys that can finish in the top 25. You're a contender to win the state championship. And there's just a lot of teams like that this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to, again, be on – October 30th, right? Who's ready to go on that day? Uh, but like you said, there are multiple teams. They're one of them. Um, it's going to be really close. They're going to be counting down points down the stretch. You know, it, it, may, it may legitimately come down to, uh, you know, how close, maybe a step, maybe a, I don't know, a stop to watch. I mean, something that might, you know, throw off one guy ahead of you. So make sure you're ready to roll that day, boys. Let's do a quick semi-state roundup. Four semi-states, six teams advanced to the state meet for a team a field of 24 teams. Shelbyville boys, uh, just let me know what you think. Locks, I've got Burbuff, Center Grove, Carmel, Noblesville, likely Zionsville. That gives us five. Yep. Contenders, I've got three more. And this is based on almost exclusively on INCC stats update. So right. 
three more contenders for one spot, Franklin Central, North Central, Westfield. Yeah, I, I think, uh, first of all, it's, I agree with all four locks, and I feel pretty good about Zionsville as well. Um, Zionsville is also coming in, so is Center Grove, right? But, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, a bubble team somewhat, Zionsville is coming out of a um, easier sectional regional, right? They're not coming through right. Noblesville. Although they, they, I, I feel like they would make it out of Noblesville. Pretty yeah, no, I, I agree. But the point is, you can kind of do some things that you, uh, if right. you're in a tougher regional, you have to be ready to go on that day. They can target. They really have to, right? They can target their training. They can target Correct. their racing schedule easier. Sure. Same, same for Center Grove on that list, and, uh, and honestly, to an extent, they're Franklin Central, right? I mean, uh, right. where they, their path. So. Um, I was going to give you one of those three contenders as a, as a likely, you know, if I had to pick one right now, um, you know, I like the path Franklin Central has, um, but I, I also like the front running from both North Central and Nate Colleen and Westfield's Kai Connor, um, who I believe on INCC stats, Colleen and Connor are really close. Are they right next to each other? They're pretty darn close right there. I think uh, I think they're a slight edge. Clean I think, right yeah, I think Nate. I think Connor Nate is ten, and I think yeah. Connor is twelve. But the the rating Nate's at a fifteen forty, and Kai's at a, a fifteen forty three. So um, you know and that's again, a minuscule difference, right? Yeah. We're talking about one or two points if they both perform at that level. It it whichever right. meet the regional or the semi state. So those those we're two not going to be the difference. So it's right. So it's what does the four five have? Right. Can they close that door? So, you know, you've got a guy who's going to be up at the front of the group. Um, both those teams cancel each other out, uh, at, at least at the, at the front end of it. Right. Um, so, it, yeah, uh, it, the four or five, like always, it comes down to. But I like Franklin Central's path there. And we'll we'll see Westfield and Franklin Central, I believe, are both going to Brownsburg this weekend. We'll be there. Um, our, our teams will be there. Maybe not necessarily all of our, all of our top kids after the meet on Tuesday, right. Shelbyville girls, semi-state locks, Carmel, Noblesville, Zionsville. And then I have very likely Franklin central, North central Westfield. That's six. Yep. There's a bit of a gap after that. And then I have a group that I call in the waiting room. Anything can happen. They're just kind of waiting to be hanging out, listening to the music. Kenny G's playing a saxophone or something. And yeah, you think high school kids are listening to Kenny G? I doubt it. I really doubt uh, it. Darn. Sorry, Kenny. Yeah. He, I, I've heard he's really big in China, though, so I, he's, he's making money for himself. He's doing all right. Uh, in the waiting room, Avon, Burbuff, and Center Grove. Yeah. Waiting to see what happens. Yeah. I think, uh, okay, so those are three good ones that just need a little help, like you said. Um, I'm, I'm looking here, maybe, maybe center Grove. Maybe I like center Grove of that group. Um, they've got, you know, two uh, toward the front, right. One being uh, Bella Hodges and the other uh, Lily Brunsman. So uh, two who are at least rated together on INCC stats could run together. Um, I don't know, just off the cuff, maybe a little center Grove. Little I, I like the potential high ceiling of Burbuff. Yeah, depending on on um, who's running, who's running, and how how Keller can rebound. And if we're talking about two in the top twenty at the semi state, and you're scoring 
15, 18 points through two girls. Yeah. You know, and see how you come in at three, four, and five. But man, it's also, it's the question you brought up about, hey, all these teams are going to medal at the state meet. It's like, well, who do you take out? And I look at that, that top group. Again, we'll see a lot of these teams in action this weekend, but I don't know. Am I taking out Franklin Central? No. no. North Central? Obviously not. Westfield? No. Not based on what we've seen so far. Oh. So uh, they're, yep, they're in the waiting room. Sometimes, sometimes you sit there for a while. Sometimes you sit there. Sometimes you sit there. Sometimes the uh, person lets you in the Zoom. I don't know. <laughs> you were you were in the waiting room for the waiting room. All to bit, let me in. I'm knocking. All right, we're going north. Back to my old stomping grounds. Although actually it's moved out of the, the actual semi-state course has moved out of Fort Wayne into Huntington. Uh, it's the New Haven semi-state though. Locks for the boys, Hamilton, Southeastern, Fishers, and Concordia, likely Goshen. Yep. And I've got four contenders for two spots, and I'm calling these the usual suspects. So we can figure out which of these is Kaiser Soze. Carroll, Northridge, Penn, Homestead. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, let's see, that, that gives us to seven right there, right? So eight, there, math's hard. Eight, so yeah, two of those, two of those four can get those it. Out. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, obviously the, the three locks are, are definite locks, right? Goshen's running really well too. Um, you know, Carroll being a, a big school with a really strong tradition, uh, you know, you, you tend to feel like they'll be in as well. Maybe I'd move them to the likely category. And that puts us at, uh, at five. And then we're down to what does Northridge have that day? Penn Homestead. So Northridge has one of the top boys. Yeah. Uh, he scored Jack Morey scored last year in the 3,200. He's run like nine fifteen under nine twenty certainly multiple times. So there's some front running there. Penn, it's got Mariana Retzlov. He was fifth last year at the state meet. He's been solid so far. Seems yeah. like maybe uh, running hard enough to win. And they've got a second guy. I think his name is Carter Caster. Uh, maybe Carter Kaiser. Kaiser. Kaiser Soze. I think it's Carter Caster. Yeah. And uh, so they've got a good one-two punch, good front running, especially if you can get that second second athlete in the in single digit points if you could be scoring yes. 10 to 15 through your first two runners normally takes about 200 points to advance out of the semi-state so if your next three only need to score 07 warren central that went to sean turner and andreas richardson at the top. yeah they were they're five yeah both of those guys i believe and that i don't know that that penn's looking at two in the top five of the semi-state but potentially two in the top 20 and that would be that would be huge for them. Yeah, like I said, those are those are the usual suspects. Those are teams that we see making it out of that that northeastern semi-state more years than not. On the girls' side, three locks: Carroll, Hamilton Southeastern, and Homestead. And then I had five contenders, so five teams for three spots: Fishers, Penn, Northridge, Concordia, and Leo. Okay. Oh, Leo. Um, yeah. Uh, Carol, we had talked about before, uh, still a lock, but maybe not the Carol from the past couple of years, but, you know, I always come back. HSC Homestead, sound good. Fishers uh, has improved quite a bit. Uh, we got to see them on Tuesday, and I believe their number one runner didn't participate. 
so I, I like Fishers there. Um, and, you know, uh, maybe uh, maybe Penn, Penn as well. Penn's always good. Northridge yeah. is, is good this year, especially. Concordia's, I, Concordia's ranked behind right now, Fishers, Penn, and Northridge. Uh, Concordia girls are going to make it out. So there are six team out at semi state. I, I think they'll make it out. Yeah. Uh, Leo, I think is a cool story. It's something we've been following. We're, we'll see how that goes yeah. over the course of the season. They're ranked eighth right now, but those those four, five teams rather, are relatively close on INCC stats. Let's go over across the state uh, toward Chicago, Northwest area. New Prairie boys. Uh, I don't want to be unkind. It's a mess. Yeah, they're all really close. They're all really close. You could, you know, probably what eight different teams and throw darts at them and find out the six that go. I don't. I mean, yeah, uh, we'll we'll know a lot more in the next couple of weeks. But uh, the first team in New Prairie would does not currently project to make it out of any other semi-state. Yeah. Well, I would hear, I would say this though. I think um, I think that will change by the end of the season. I think the top team at a New Prairie would be able to get out of one or two other semi-states. Um, I think that, I think that will be the case by October. Yeah. I think, I think the region has enough, uh, in terms of population and, and depth and ability that, uh, there'll be a team, the best team out of New Prairie, obviously be able to go at, at the New Prairie invite. We'll be able to see, right. That's a big one. If you're up in that region, you know, um, they love to, there's a lot of rivalry, which is cool. Really cool. So um yeah i I don't know i I think that changes though i think there's that top team is better on the girls side uh valpo and chesterton locks and then the contenders lake central warsaw crown point west lafayette and harrison in west lafayette so two separate schools so that's five teams for four spots i lake central is rated ahead of warsaw i thought about considering warsaw to be a lock even though they're ranked, I like Warsaw like Central. I think they're solid. I think the Warsaw's solid. I think they're solid too. I think I like what we saw from them last spring, and uh, you know, I think they'll be they'll be ready to go. On the boys' side in Brown County, going to the land down under, Locks, Columbus North, Bloomington North, Jasper, Floyd Central, Bloomington South, and Northview. Uh yeah. I think that's your six. I think that's your six. Yep. So then I put in the waiting room, Forest Park, Austin, and Jennings County. Just kind of hanging in. Hanging in. Just waiting and seeing what what could happen. Austin and uh, Jennings County, big big rivalry there? Or Bar Reef? Who was the big rivalry that you mentioned last time? Bar Reef and South Knox Girls. I I really missed it. But I apologize to the school. Wow. Uh, Forest Park. My dad went to Forest Park Elementary School, but that that's in Fort Wayne. So, oh, that's not the same school, is it? No, it's not. No. Are we just going to name other schools? I went to a Forest Park once. It was beautiful, great trees, squirrels everywhere. Where so, where was it? Podcast. I don't know. We're making loose associations. Doesn't okay, matter. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I don't know. There's a there's an area called uh you know the the land. The right land. To, wow. <laughs> Very well, it's the land. It's right next to Deceit. That's where it is, right over there. <laughs> on the girls' side at Brown County, this is this is a way to, to wrap up the podcast on the least interesting part. On the girls' side, Locks, 
Columbus North, Northview, Jasper, Bloomington South, Floyd Central, and Bloomington North. It's six, and guess what, Taylor? It's the same six. Yeah, it's the same six, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's it. Yeah, maybe maybe Seymour can jump in there if something happens. They're yeah, so that's, in the waiting room. But, yeah, they're, uh, they're in the waiting room waiting to, be, waiting to be led into the podcast by the host. Yeah. But Seymour does have um, – we've talked about this previously. They, they do have an athlete – that she won the regional in the 1600. She does play soccer, yeah. but uh, can they, you know, can they find a way to make it work? Now we, with the, with the 75% rule for multi-sport athletes, we need to see her here pretty shortly. Um, but if they could, if they could make that work, that, that could, they could vault in there and it could be suddenly a, you know, Columbus North is a lock and then a, a large list of contenders. Right. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, the old uh, old soccer cross-country dual sport athlete, uh, especially on the girls' side, uh, has made a lot of waves here recently. Uh, so that's um, hopefully she can do both. If she chooses, I don't know. But hopefully it's good for the sport to see her do both. Sure. Uh, well, that I think that concludes our emergency podcast. You got a, I don't know, anything we want to talk about? Miscellaneous minute? Yeah, or- I got something I want to talk about. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about chicken wings, Colin. Okay. And I want to ask you, uh, are you bone in or boneless and uh, pick, pick two sauces to put on your chicken wings? Okay. Well, I am a quasi vegetarian, right. so I will eat meat, but I usually reserve that for, if I go to a restaurant and I'd say about half the time I go to a restaurant, I go with you. Yep. So I am, I, I know there's a lot of traditionalists that are like, no, 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 no. It's gotta be it's not, if they're boneless, that's not a chicken wing. That's a chicken tender. And you know what? I don't care because it's a lot easier to eat and it tastes the same. Call so, it a chicken nugget. I'm still eating it. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't care. In terms of sauce, uh, you know, as rarely as I eat meat and meat is delicious that I'll, I'll take anything. Anything. Okay. So I uh, am a boneless, right? Chicken wing guy. I don't, the, there's not enough meat on the bone in to yeah, make it. I, and, and you're messy, on, right? Yeah, you yeah. got it all over your face and your hands, and yeah. that's nobody wants to eat with you if you do that. So I'm a boneless chicken wing kind of guy. And uh, I my two sauces, number one, Nashville hot sauce, right? Any kind yeah, of Nashville yeah. hot is really good. Um, and I'm also a fan of maybe like a spicy garlic. And I will give, I know I asked for two, and I'm gonna break my own rules here, but my honorable mention would be like a teriyaki sauce. And so, you and I go eat all the time. I mean, that sounds like yeah. something we would we would split a, a a basket of those three to four different types of sauces. Yeah, I mean that's great. Who doesn't love chicken wings? You know what? Uh, do you hear the story about the chicken wings? The 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 bone in wings. They're market price now because there's a shortage of chicken wings. I remember you telling me that in the yeah. spring, and I guess that yeah, it's still it's still going on. So. Oh. Man, more chickens. Well, we're, get some wings. we're living, we're living in the future, but unfortunately there's some apocalyptic parts of the future, which is market price for chicken. It's like lobster or something. It's nuts. All right, my man, we said half hour. I'm sure we're getting pretty close to an hour here, but Hey, pause the podcast. You might be listening to this on the bus ride on the way to your meet. You might be listening to this on the bus ride on the way to your meet and you turn around and guess who's behind you. Me, the host of the podcast. If you're Maybe. on my team, Hey, and you know what? If you are listening to it on the bus, drop us a line on Indiana Runner. Go to the message board. Let us know. Let us know where you're hearing uh, this podcast from. Don't you want to know that, Colin? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've got the anchor gives me that that information. I can tell you that we're huge in Germany. Two percent of our listens come from Germany. Jawohl. And uh, let me just run through this real quick. This is great radio. This is yeah, great. Germany, United Kingdom, Canada, France, Uruguay, Japan, Belgium, and Bangladesh. Who listens to the Indiana Runner podcast? Can hey. any other podcast say that? Not, not to my knowledge. This is the, the, the most worldly podcast I've ever heard of. Not the, yeah, not, not the other ones I work on. I'll tell you that. Hey, our offices are right next to each other. What do you think? Maybe I'll text the bosses. Instead of next to each other, we could stack them up one on top of the other. More room for activities. So much more room for activities. Now I'll bring my drum set. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I just got a text from our boss. He says no power tools. Oh, uh, well, what's the point? Well, we'll see. All right, man. Hey, Come I'll on, see you. Dad. You're not even my real dad, stepdad. I'll see you every day for the next 30 years. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate right. you having me. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks.